to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And a couple quick announcements. First, you may or may not have heard, we have started a Facebook group for our listeners. So if you're a Facebook user and you love We Don't Die Radio, uh, simply put in the search box, We Don't Die Listeners, and you can be brought into the group. And here's something fun we did. Uh, I have created a map that if you'd like, you can just put the city and state where you live and up populates this map that shows where the listeners are around the world. And why I think this is important, because if you're like me, there's very few people in my real life that I see face to face that are interested in my stories of life after death or what I'm searching, uh, even talking about grief. And I've found that us listeners, like we have something in common. And I see the time where I can say, oh my gosh, there's eight listeners in the state of Massachusetts where I live. Let's get together for lunch. Or, you know, I can travel and and meet you in your area. And I just thought it'd be great that we can meet face to face someday and see where we are all living. So I invite you to uh, go to We Don't Die listeners on Facebook and and be part of the community. It's really, really, really a great place. And the second thing is this coming September 15th through 17th, I have been asked to be one of 27 speakers at an afterlife conference. It's a big gathering that I want to invite you to. There's going to be about 500 like-minded people sitting in the chairs, all finding out about life after death, what's the cutting edge stuff about communicating with our loved ones, some end of life things, some things about being human, some things about grief, but it's called the Afterlife Research and Education Symposium. And if you're interested, go to afterlifestudies.org to find out more, to register. And I certainly know that there's people around the world that cannot attend this, but I still encourage you to go to the website because you're going to see some really cool things about what people are doing, including things like the soul phone. Could you imagine using your cell phone and being able to text message people in the afterlife? And as crazy and as science as that might sound, it's actually being worked on and it's being worked on with the spirit world as well. So there's some great things happening. So let's get on to the show. Today on the show, I get to introduce you to my new friend. His name is George Delzell. And if you had asked George, who is a professional psychiatric social worker, if he thought he'd be talking with the dead, he would have said, no way. However, life held a few surprises for George. He's the author of the book, Messages, Evidence for Life After Death. And he's dealt with things like spiritualism and mediumship. And he's even sat with Robin Foy and the Skoll Experimental Group. I can't wait to hear his stories. George continues his work as a therapist and is listed on psychologytoday.com's website. So I'm really excited to hear his story and I'm even more happy to say, George Delzell, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Uh Sandra, thank you so much for having me on. I really, I really, uh, I'm glad that you uh, reached out to connect with me. Yeah, and as synchronicities happen, there we were on Facebook, both of us, and I found you and found your book and thought we need, we need to talk. Well, and I'm here to uh, to talk, and I feel like I'm uh, picking up where I left off with you because it's almost as if the work that I started uh, when I wrote my book and it was published by Hampton Roads uh, back in the early 2000s, uh, a great sense of relief to hear from you because I've been wondering where is the interest in mediumship, both mental mediumship and physical mediumship? Yeah, I think uh, there, I know there's interest in mental mediumship because most people have heard about that or seen it on TV and, but very little has been known about physical mediumship and when i just just found out about it not even a year ago i thought man i gotta tell people about this this is some pretty good stuff so how does your story begin george uh if you don't mind taking us back to when oh i mean obviously uh your clinical uh, social worker you're working and and then all of a sudden you're involved with dead people like how, how did that happen <laughs> <laughs> okay, very down-to-earth question, and I'll, yeah. I'll give you a, a down-to-earth answer. So, so I had uh, uh, finished my master's degree uh, and uh, uh, in 1994 in social work, and uh, 
I had a best friend and soulmate who was a, a pal of mine named Michael Keller, and he lived in Frankfurt, Germany. And uh, the two of us were thick as thieves and and had been just extremely close. Uh, and he passed away in an automobile accident in June, ironically, uh, since this is June, of 1996. And it was after he died and I went to Frankfurt, Germany and met with his family that I learned that his brother had had uh, experienced a physical phenomena, saw, saw spirit lights over the place where he had uh, been hit by a car, by two cars, actually. Um, then he was a flight attendant that worked with Lufthansa, uh, a purser, which is head of the flight attendants, for uh, the youngest purser in Lufthansa's fleet. And uh, so he flew internationally all over the place. And his flight attendant uh, that worked with them came up. I went to fly to his uh, memorial. And... Um, and so the brother comes up to me and he tells me, I, I just pulls me aside and says, you know, I had this weird experience. I was there at the site where he died and I saw these, these spirit lights like multicolored dancing over the place where he passed away. And, and, the, and, and then a flight attendant named Ula Simic uh, came up to me, all of this people pulling me aside privately, you know, uh, and she goes, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but Michael Keller appeared to me in my kitchen, materialized, and I could hear it was like this, the buzzing of bees, uh, and I turned to look to see what was this electrical, it was like an electrical sound, and there in my kitchen for less than a minute was standing Michael Keller, and this is all after he had been killed, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and then the father uh, had explained that he had an experience where uh, he had a not not a yeah precognate a visitation dream, where Michael came to him and explained to him that a friend of his had passed away, and uh, he called the next day when he woke up to make sure the friend was okay. And the wife answered the phone and said, his name was uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Herr Fruner, F-R-U-N-E-R, said, um, I'm so terribly sorry to tell you, but we're celebrating his memorial mass today. So, so I felt compelled, Sandra, to write this story. Uh, and where this led me to sort of summarize and make it, make it uh, uh, accessible for both for you and, and for your listeners, uh, this led me to consult with mediums. At this point, I was living in Los Angeles, California, and this led me to meet with James Van Prague, John Edward, um, a fellow named Brian Hurst, who'd been a mentor to uh, John Edward, and then ultimately to sit at Brian Hurst's house uh, in Reseda, California, with the Skull Experimental Group. While in the meantime, I've been having experiences of my own, which is a whole, you know, part two to all of this. That's 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 also the subject of of what I write about and, and, and part of my experience. But what happened when I sat with the school experimental group? Uh, I'd had I'd had. Let me back up one second. I'd met with Brian Hurst and done a sitting, and uh, he bat he bat he. It was a group sitting, mediumship uh, reading uh, in Reseda, California, in his living room. And this was, again, in about 1997, mm -hmm. just to put it in context. And uh, Brian does, didn't know me from Adam. And he's British, by the way. Uh, and he came up to me and he said, and I wrote, this is all documented in my book. He said, uh, there's someone here for you. He says his name is Robert. I said, yes. He says he's your father. I go, yes. He says he's from Pittsburgh. And I said, yes. Mm -hmm. All of this was true. 
and then he said, and he, he, he had a problem with alcohol. And, and my father passed uh, from uh, cirrhosis, from alcoholism. And, and this was all like one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. And I just was, I, I mean, completely taken aback. And all of this was after Michael had passed. And it was, it was after that reading, that group reading, that he extended an invitation for me to sit with the Skoll Experimental Group. And then they brought Michael through in their sitting, Robin and Sandra Foy and the Bennetts, Alan and Diana Bennett, uh, which is not that their surname is changed to uh, pr- uh, protect their privacy. They don't, they don't seek fame at all. And um, can I just ask George, not sure. I, I did for our listeners who don't know what school experimental group is. I had a really lengthy conversation with Robin's uh, Robin Foy um, just maybe a dozen episodes ago, but George, for the people that don't know what that is, can you just mention a little bit what the school experimental group is? Yes, sure. Um, Sandra, the, so the school group uh, who had already been meeting, they'd been meeting in um, uh, de- a development circle for years before this event that I, that I mentioned, and thank you for asking me to clarify it. And a development circle is a group where uh, spiritualist individuals or, interest, or, or like-minded uh, parties participate in experimental sessions, seances, whatever you want to call them. Uh, there isn't anything uh, occultish about what we're talking about with the school group. But in the case of the school group, what, what happened when they met, the four of them, the, the, the Foys and the Bennets, four people, was physical mediumship. Now, there's an enormous difference between someone who is a mental medium who ostensibly is, uh, has the ability to talk to someone who is no longer physically alive, physically dead, uh, but their consciousness comes through them and is able to give information. With physical mediumship <clears throat> and with the school group, what occurred uh, over many, many sittings, all of which are documented in the Proceedings of the Society for Psychical Research, I'll even say Volume 58, Part 220, November 1999. Wow. It's all there in a peer-reviewed journal, okay, published. Uh, so there's nothing uh, flaky about it. Um, and physical mediumship allows for manifestation of spirit so that spirit can give evidence directly to the sitters uh, of communication. And it's not that they're there necessarily to give, to give evidence, but, but, but to actually have a rela- relationship and say, hello, we're here. And we can show you that we're here and we can show you that spirit world is quite real and that it's right next to you. And if you have the, the desire to reach out and have this relationship, uh, then we will do our best to follow suit. Well, which is so great because we don't have to see a medium. We don't have to go to one of these circles to just know that our loved ones are around is is great. And just as a little side note, I looked, episode 172 of the show is my discussion with Robin Foy about physical mediumship and the weird and wonderful stuff that happened with the school experimental team. So back to your story, George. Yeah, you will, yeah Sandra. Well, let, let me just, uh, I know uh, f- uh, folks want to get to the heart of the matter. Uh, so as I sat with the uh, skull group, um, they told us uh, specifically, and they had they they sat. We were at Brian Hurst's house in Reseda, California, in 1997, and so the four members of skull group had on glow-in-the-dark wristlets, glow-in-the-dark, and it was in a, a blackened-out room in, in Brian's house, glow-in-the-dark anklets, and uh, and. So you could see that they weren't mobile and moving. Mm-hmm. And there was a table in the center with this uh, um, uh, glass dome 
with which the the skull group said this is where we gathered the energy to help manifest this physical mediumship there were some crystals like quartz crystals on the table as well and the table had glow in the dark markers on all four sides okay, okay. so in short uh it took a while there and there were about 20 to 25 people that witnessed this okay. uh, uh the table took up lifted up off the ground was moving around and and uh, I, I can remember Brian Hurst, the medium who was in the room as well, was his house. He goes, please notice everyone that the that the crystals, even though the table is 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 standing up on its end, aren't, gravity isn't pulling the crystals to the floor, you know. And but but then the thing settled down. And then the most remarkable thing happened. It was the, de the development of these spirit lights. Um, in your podcast uh, with Robin Foy, he describes uh, how these spirit lights manifest. But what I saw, and I talk about it again uh, in my book, I, is, is they look like fireflies, but they weren't fireflies. Uh, they operated, they appeared to operate with a kind of, consciousness or awareness in other words they would like move and then stop and then they would move in a straight line up and then in a right angle uh and they, they weren't projections they didn't appear to be i'm speaking clinically they didn't appear to be um uh, uh some kind of there was no explanation for these these spirit lights of this earth so we had previously been instructed not to put our feet or our hands out, but being precocious and skeptical, as 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 the subtitle to your book, uh, skeptics uh, examination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I put both of my hands out, my left and right hand out, straight out into. Uh, we were sitting in a circle, and in my mind, I said. If this stuff is for real, send one of these spirit lights to the index finger of my right hand. And as I thought that, within seconds, I didn't whisper it, I just thought it. This spirit light comes and taps the index finger of my right hand. Oh my gosh. That changed my life. Uh there was no way that there could be uh, a, a an explanation other than consciousness was directing this, and it was something that was not of the people. It was not of the of of uh, you know our everyday life, planet Earth. It wasn't a special effect. It wasn't a green, a blue screen, or a green screen, or, or a Disney prop. Uh, it or, or magic, it was for real. Uh, then you ready for this? I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm buckled in though. I'm along so, for this journey. Michael, we're going back, mm -hmm. and I'm connecting this to the continuity, and and this is why I'm I'm really uh, grateful that you that you contacted me and asked me on the on on the show. Mm -hmm. um, if I can read read the I wrote. Uh, verbatim. I was provided a verbatim manuscript. Now, this was not from the Foys, but from the other couple of the Skull group. Okay. They were in a trans mediumship state, and they said, uh, "May we come to you, George?" Uh, and uh, I had I had introduced myself just hi, I'm George at the at, before the sitting, uh, and I said yes, and uh, they said and. Uh, it was it was um, Alan Bennett who said, uh, George, do you know someone in spirit? Uh, it's a man. I'm going to paraphrase some of this. Um, he's coming closer. Do you act? And I said, yes, I do. Uh, back up to the story is I'm in Screen Actors Guild, and before going into social work, I did lots of TV commercials. Okay. I said yes, I do, uh, and then and then uh, Bennett said, 
commercials. Is that what you call them here? And I said, yeah. and I was introduced as a, as a psychiatric social worker to, to this group. I said, yes, I have a commercial running. That's right. And he said, he's talking about it, you see, because he's distant. He's having a bit of a battle. Uh, just a minute. Uh, he did drugs, he says. And I was shocked because Michael had the talks report after the car accident showed that he did have uh, cocaine in his system. Wow. And I said, yes. And he, and Bennett said, uh, I feel that you're well connected with him. And then I'll just cut to the chase here. I said, uh, we, I mean, there's a, it's, it's a lot of content, so I don't want to, okay. uh, yeah, go through it. But I, I wanted to, I wrote my book, for grieving parents, and I, I was trying my best to use this information about afterlife to help Michael's parents. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they said, uh, do you have any questions? Uh, and I said, yes, anything specific for the parents? And this, is, this blew me away. Uh, uh, Bennett uh, from the Skull Group said, uh, don't bother with the grave so much. Uh, I want you... Uh, to know that he says, tell his folks to give it a rest. Uh, that old grave, he's not there, of course. He's moved on. They can link with his memory in a nicer way than that. There are a lot of tears every time they go, and that's not helping, not helping him go forward, really. And the incredible thing, Sandra, was the parents were so bereaved, they lived within a few miles of the graveyard and they had been going every day for over a year uh to michael's grave wow. and so the the skull group couldn't possibly have known that no. and how could they have known that that i had a television commercial running right british mediums and i'm working with the county of los angeles department of mental health as a psychotherapist. So if uh, that's a lot uh, to take in, but does that, do you, do you follow why that exchange uh, was not only therapeutic for me, but also for Michael's parents? Well, and even for all of us, I, so many people visit the graveyards and, and all that. And uh, even just that story is very helpful. Yeah. And Robin Foy in your podcast had, had said something, uh, and like I had said to you originally when we first started talking, that I felt like this, our, our getting in touch and uh, talking about these matters, uh, and in this case talking about physical mediumship and, and, uh, and, and my connection, uh, that Robin Foy in your podcast said that he had been poked in the back by spirit. Uh, that is, there was no one behind him, and he had been poked. Mm -hmm. uh, and that happened to me as well, which I thought was really strange because I didn't know that about Robin. Uh, that happened at a separate incident uh, in while I was living in Hollywood. I, I felt I felt very privileged to be able to to meet with uh, with with these highly talented mediums. Now they either have this ability or they don't. And as you and I discussed uh, 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 before the show, uh, the, that that physical mediumship is is just extremely rare. Uh, that you have a physical medium that can manifest things like like uh, spirit lights appearing, and uh, and and let me also tag tag line onto this: the spirit lights apparently had a healing function. Uh, the 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 SPR sat with the school group, uh, the Society for Psychical Research, some on, somewhere on, on 20 or 36 times. Okay, and these, these were uh, researchers that if they were being conned, if this was a con or a magic act, uh, they would really have to be doing something extraordinary. And um, at any rate, uh, this also led to my joining a development circle, my cultivating 
uh, mental mediumship on my own and also being able to do uh, readings for people and, and presently I'm, I'm kind of in semi-retirement when it comes to giving readings uh, or providing uh, mental mediumship readings for other people. Uh, I'm not hanging a shingle. I'm, 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 I'm strictly working as a psychotherapist just now. But as I said, you're reaching out to contact me and, and, uh, and pick, I feel like I'm picking up where I left off in connecting with you. And I'm, I'm so glad that you're, you're writing about all of this and, uh, raising people's awareness to the fact that this is still going on. Uh, do do you, have you talked about, or would you like to discuss part of what we talked about earlier, or that there are, just the fact that there are, there are physical mediums that are doing uh, uh, sittings with astounding phenomena uh, presently in the UK? Yeah, uh, one of the episodes uh, that I just recorded um, was with Scott Milligan, who is one of the very few um uh, there, there may be more physical mediums out there, but they're keeping to themselves in these small home circles. You know, there's all over. Uh, one of the gentlemen I talked to, Carl Jackson Barnes, he says he did a, a little study and just put out on Facebook, you know, if anybody's sitting in circle for uh, hoping for this phys- physical phenomena, you know, just let him know. Because he just wanted to see, like, how many people are doing this? Because I couldn't imagine there were many, but th- there's close to 500 groups around the world, uh, very privately sitting, and many of them having some phenomenon. Of course, it takes years of, of sitting together, same people week after week, um, you know, sitting in quiet, having joy there, having music to have the spirit world work to develop this physical energy that, that happens. Uh, but Scott Milligan is one of the few on planet Earth that's actually out there that you could go to one of these seances and see the stuff happening. And um, in fact, this coming November in the UK, uh, in Ashford, Kent, there is a great place called the Banyan Retreat Center, and they're hosting something called Voices of the Past. And I went this past November, George, and I tell you, I'm not ever going to miss it. It is five days workshop that we you actually get to experiment yourself with mediumship. There's lots of lecture, a lot of laughter, um, but part of it is being part of one of these these seances, and um, it's incredible. It is just incredible. It's held in the dark, you know. And originally, I was a little fearful, like oh, I don't know about this darkness. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. my listeners have heard me tell this story, but you haven't if you're a first time listener. One of the things that happened, um, you know, we we do a lot of singing songs and we're all holding hands to make sure nobody's manipulating anything going on. Um, but it was Christmas time. It was just before Christmas, and we had a Christmas tree in the center of the room, and we were all asked to bring presents appropriate for children and they were all wrapped toys there were toy drums there was toy cars some of them uh, had glow-in-the-dark stuff on them some of them had little lights there were whistles um, you know different things hula hoops and so after the seance started and uh, it was dark and we were singing songs uh, out came this voice out of nowhere that um, like the you know, I'm paraphrasing because this is, uh, it's happened over two hours, but the, the children are here. And so, you know, imagine like 30 people holding hands in the dark with all these wrapped Christmas presents in the middle and a Christmas tree. And all I heard was the sound of giggling and little feet, like trampling out of nowhere. And all sense. the presents got unwrapped at the same time. Unbelievable. And then what happened was so things are glow in the dark, right? And things had little lights. The cars were flying around the floor. Um, <laughs> the, the hula hoop started floating around to each person as if it was being held by a little person showing us. The drums are being banged. The piano's going. I mean, it, it, it's little what, what it is. And this is what they say. These are children from the spirit world um, that get to play with these toys. And then afterwards, all these toys are donated to an orphanage, which is great. But then they turned on a small light, a small red light, to see 
what had happened. And of course, like any Christmas morning, there's wrapping paper all over the place. Uh, but all these toys and stuff were all over. And even the Christmas tree had somehow levitated out of the middle of the circle onto the outside of the circle. Wow. You know, and then there's so much more that happened. And as great as that is during these seances, people relatives come through there's actually conversations between like a, an aunt and a niece you know it, really with shared memories and yeah you know, it is one of the most beautiful things ever and so if anybody wants to meet me over there in the uk uh <laughs> in, in november i think it's november love to. 20th through 24th um very reasonably priced extremely reasonably priced uh and um you can go to voicesofthepast.co.uk and banyanretreat.com is another website you can go because they also put on an event like this in um, in April and they're doing so many things, so many things. But I tell you, uh, I, I can't even ex- describe to you, well, you know, because you sat with the school group, to experience something like that, it's... Ugh, it. it gives you goosebumps it just really you get to know this is real this is it's hard to explain you know because people are like oh something happened in the dark it had to be fraud if you're on your search for the afterlife i mean this is this is it this is cool stuff so it's it's very cool stuff and you know it even progresses from here um uh because i'm sure a lot of your your uh listeners are familiar with the the uh television program that was syndicated in the United States, Medium, that was uh, a, an adaptation on the life of a medium named Alison Dubois. Yes, that's right. And this, as I say, Sandra, I mean, there's, we, we, this is, this is the, the, the height of, of synchronicity. So, so after all of this had happened with the school group and then they'd left town, and then they had this this uh, proceedings debate in 1999 after the uh, sitting I described in 1997. I flew to the United States or to the United Kingdom and gave a testimonial, which is on YouTube, which I didn't put on YouTube by the way, so it's not a matter of self promotion. Um, and and gave a testimonial, and Montague Keane who was one of the uh, researchers with the BSPR that, that thoroughly investigated the school group, physical mediums. Well, come to find out that Allison, that Montague Keene passed away, uh, passed away uh, in the early 2000s, I'll say 2001, I think. And, um, and Allison Dubois was being researched by Gary Schwartz, with whom I also participate. He, he wrote a book called The Afterlife Experiments. Gary's going to be speaking at that Afterlife Insp- Symposium in September, if we're well, pulling this all together. Gary wrote the foreword yeah. for my Gary introduced me to, to Hampton Roads. It all mm, connects, you no know. No coincidence here, George. No, no, none, none at all. And it, but it brings me a lot of joy because that's therapeutic for a, a lot of people. But but Alison Dubois, there wouldn't have been a TV show uh, if, or there may not have been, in case she is listening to your podcast. Um, she did a sitting in a in a uh, research setting with Gary Schwartz, which I also which are, I did as well with a medium named Lori Campbell, uh, uh, a thing called the White Crow Reading, which was also written up uh, in which Michael was brought through again. He could, was brought through again and again and again. There was no ending to, to the ability of mediums in double-blind uh, science experiments to, 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 to be able to, to, to continue to demonstrate uh, the the uh, reality of this, but back to Monty Keene. So Alison Dubois, uh, on whom the television show Medium is based, is being tested by Gary Schwartz, and she, now this is the the she starts talking about about Montague Keene, and she says, 
I, I, and she was unaware that he had died. And she says, I see this man and he's uh, giving a speech at a podium and he falls during the speech and he dies. And this is all, I actually have it on DVD, uh, the experiment itself. And, uh, and this was true. And she, but she didn't know, she didn't know who Montague Keene was and she didn't know. And Monty Keene died during a debate, uh, like from a, from a heart attack, uh, and was unable to be revived. Wow. And this piqued Gary's interest and led to her doing a television show pilot called Oracles with Kelsey Gramner and Gramnet that then became, we're interested in this Alison Dubois. We want the rights to her life as a medium and make a TV show on her life. So, so all this that started with me and Michael that led to Robin Foy and the Skull Group and to Alison Dubois and Gary Schwartz is, and has come full circle and come back to you. It's awesome. It is. It's awesome. I can't help but think with all the pain and suffering and sadness what's happening in the world today that this you know there's plenty of people on planet earth that have been studying life after death and and stuff but the time has come and this is what i think you know god the spirit world whatever you want to call it says you know we've got to let people know the truth we need to really get this out there and so all of us now are joining arms and getting the word out in our own individual ways and making this as available as possible to so many people. There's no competition whose books is better than whose book, whose podcast is better than who. We all share each other's stuff, and it's time. It's time. I, Sandra, if I can say, I wanted to, I wanted to get, get your feedback on this. I think that there's, there's a kind of, we all have this, there's an eternal search for meaning. There's organized religion, and they they have their ideas. Those ideas clash, and then sometimes we get into wars. Uh, religious uh, factions get into wars. You were talking about all of the uh, the the conflict going on in the world today, yes. and um, and I, why I think this material is extremely valuable links to the fact that. This isn't so much about ideas, religious dogma or ideas, but it's about the fact that all, all life is linked in some way to spirit. All life is eternal. Uh, human consciousness survives physical death, but humanity in a way is also, it's a, we are a very sophisticated animal the most domesticated animal on the planet Earth, being Homo sapiens, mm -hmm. if you look at it in terms of evolutionary theory, which I like to bring it put on the table. Um, it's not to, to, to butt heads with anyone who disagrees, but that the idea is we've evolved to this degree, and if we our egos are strong enough, uh, we can embrace the fact that this that our species we we should make ourselves ready for these kinds of communications they're not com they're not coming from darkness they're coming from light uh they're they're we should feel reassured that as a part of our evolution uh that and love unconditional love especially uh, never never dies can't be destroyed Death kills a body, it doesn't kill a relationship. And that my, my point being, as people, that we're ready to join on a certain level. And if, in fact, as you were saying in the introduction to this podcast, <laughs> if we could get to the point where you can text your mom or dad that passed away, uh, you know, prematurely, or a child who overdosed from heroin. We have an epidemic going on in the yes. United States. Uh, if you could 
have that ability, where is their darkness or 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 evil or uh, uh, or uh, something of the occult in that? There isn't. No. I, I was raised uh, in a Lutheran evangelical household, but I I I, I don't buy into into dogma. I like you. I'm I I come from a critical thinking point of view, a skeptical point of view. Show me, show me the evidence. That's why I really enjoy the evidence that comes through both physical and mental mediumship, and love the fact that you're writing about it. Uh, and Karen, it's as if you, you Sandra, you've got that Olympic torch going. <laughs> I do. I really do. In our minds, I know you know a lot about the human minds, but we can have something happen that's fantastic and our mind has a really good way of turning into no big deal and then it starts worrying about the past or you know thinking about the past or worrying about the future and in this whole even something like the soul phone you know we all have a little mind going yeah right come on you know that's science fiction but you know when we think about years ago even before the telephone, even before computers, even before the radio, people would have never guessed that you could have sound coming out of a little box. And even that little box in a car and traveling, you know, progress happens. And even in my lifetime, I'm 51 now, right? I see how our telephone went from having a cord to then the, the wireless phones we carried around our house. And then I saw the, you know, the cell phones, these big bulky things that were, you could travel with. And then now that it's turned into something that you could actually, you know, like our iPhone or Androids, that you can actually have FaceTime and see people face to face. Now, our brains are saying it's no big deal. It's just what we have. And kids born in this generation, yeah, it's just, you know, what we had. But to see how, you know, if you were to tell somebody 100 years ago or even 30 years ago that this would be possible, it'd be be like there's, there's no way. So with the soul phone, yeah, folks, there is a way because there are people working on, I mean, there's electronic voice phenomena things that are happening there's sure. uh, there's there's scientists working on this this is a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about at the september symposium but it's on the way and as progress happens all it takes is you know one person to design say the first cell phone and then look how fast they've progressed because everybody just expands on everybody else's research so stuff's happening it, it's going to it's going to be happening fast it's going to be happening in our lifetime and i am so excited to be part of it I, I love that, and and uh, I, I I agree, and I think that in other words that you can observe the uh, in in short or course of time, you can observe uh, technological evolution. We're constantly updating our apps, aren't we? Because it's just moving so quickly, you know. And and I just want to put this uh, uh, as food for thought for anyone who thinks that. I'm lightheaded or less skeptical. Uh, I'm not. I dealt, but I dealt with the. I dealt with some of the hardest core skeptics you can deal with. Sure. I talked on the phone with James Randi. He hung up on me. Uh, I met in person with Michael Shermer, uh, who publishes Skeptic Magazine. I did my homework. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I. I'm not um, a, 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 a softy. Uh, when it comes to being a social worker, uh, uh, a snowflake, yeah. I, I hate that word. I'm not a snowflake by any means. I'm tough as nails. And you've got to, you know, the, like you described uh, Scott Milligan and the Christmas tree and the kids in the, in the seance room, you know, you've got to have a strong ego in order to embrace the fact that you're not being attacked by some unseen force that's coming to do make you do something coercive or that you're interested in something again that that's leading you away from the light or that's leading you into something destructive all of this is is ultimately uh i think has the the greatest potential for being therapeutic for being helpful for raising the 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 love of the that can that can um that by which we can connect as people because it's so, I think it's so easy to fall into criticism and judgment, write people off, snap judgments, 
of course, as a as a psychotherapist, I deal with uh, family therapy and couples counseling and marriage counseling, and and so often I see people shut down. They make a judgment. They stop growing. They mm-hmm. stop evolving. The, what we're talking about is the the complete opposite of that. It's embracing. Um, it's continuing to to examine our human identity, our spiritual identity in this on this planet in this universe. There is the more you look, the more creative you, you are, the more meaning you find. If you stop search, Carl Jung talked about it. I'm 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 very fond of the work of psychologist Carl Jung. Uh, Carl Jung said, "We are the makers of our own epoch." Uh, in other words, the search for meaning creates meaning in and of itself. And so anyone who says that the, they, that life is meaningless or you die and that's it, you know, they, don't forget they can't prove a negative. They can't prove that when you die, that is it. That's true. Especially in the light of the evidence that we've been talking about, some of which is anecdotal and some of which, as I've said, there's Gary Schwartz's afterlife experiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what I've documented is anecdotal, but in the, the introduction to my book, Gary did, as I said, this experiment through which Michael came through uh, through the University of Arizona, and that was written up again in a peer-reviewed paper, I believe, with the American Society for Psychical Research. And just for your listeners, again, so you have two bodies of uh, that are that are recognized uh, at least um, in this area of uh, research, and that's the ASPR and the BSPR, American Society for Psychical Research, and the British. And uh, the British SPR goes all the way back to uh, Oliver Lodge and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote. Um, Oh, help me, Sandra. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, he actually stopped all his Sherlock Holmes writing, and he was very famous for that when he found out about this life after death, these seances, spiritualism. I mean, it, and he started writing about that. I mean, this is that's, big, that's, big stuff. That's pretty impressive. That's 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 a great little factoid that that you're reminding me. Uh, I, I I feel I don't know how you feel, Sandra, but I feel I feel extremely privileged uh, and and grateful that if I had to go through these losses, losing my father, losing Michael, um, uh, and now Michael's father's passed, still in touch with Michael's mother, uh, call her on Mother's Day, call her on Christmas, you know. Nice. Uh, stay in touch with her. Um, and she was very glad that I wrote a book that documented this about her son and flew to Germany and gave it to her, you know, um, that, uh, that, that, as I say, we continue, we continue to keep an open mind about all of this and, and, and keep the dialogue going and keep taking a close look at it. It's given me life, George, coming out of the darkest time of my life around my dad's death. I have life. I have passion. And I just thought of this, a great uh, visual that just came into my mind about coming here to life on, you know, life on earth, right? And, and it's and it's comparing, you know, we come to life and there's so many experiences we can have. And I believe that's the point. And then it'd be like if you get an opportunity to go to Disney World and you just sit in the parking lot and you say, well, I've been there, but you haven't been there. There's so much to discover. That's a great metaphor. To enjoy. There's certainly the scariness of Space Mountain. You might trip and skin your knee, but there's just beautiful experiences to be had. And so, yeah, I don't know why that just popped into my mind, but I thought I'd share it because... You know, how do we want to go through this life, really? So, something pops into my mind as you're, as you're talking, and that is there, there's another side to this, which is this isn't 
what we're discussing, these discoveries, these experiences, they carry with them also. They're, they're not only fascinating and, and, and uh, give goose pimples, uh, are therapeutic and potentially life-altering in a positive way. Yes. But it also gives us, sleep gives me at least, a sense of enormous responsibility. I have to stay creative uh, because I can fall into destructive behavior Mm -hmm. uh, and thinking as well. It's an enormous responsibility because if you know, uh, Sandra, that that humankind consciousness is eternal and that we're just changing form, uh, it can make life can be very boring sometimes when there are no events uh, and we're responsible to create those events. We're responsible to uh, make something positive happen. Uh, for I'll just give a, for instance one uh, some of the activities I, I give to. I support the David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust that uh, rescues orphaned elephants uh, and the old Pajeta. Uh, rhinoceros sanctuary because these creatures may go extinct uh, and where humankind is concerned I'm involved as a, as a therapist in helping clients uh, I prevent suicides, school shootings uh, homicides uh, in 20 years of clinical practice I've had zero homicides, zero suicides for the clients that I have treated and the history that I know uh, of having dealt with them. So, but it's, it involves a lot of responsibility is my point. Sure, sure. So it's not, it's not like you get this, this magic wand. Speaking of Disney, like I think he, people think of Merlin, you know, when Mickey Mouse is Merlin is dancing around with the magic wand. Yes. And all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. <laughs> you know, the sorcerer's apprentice or whatever. Right. And, and, uh, it's not like, oh, you get this, and then you live happily ever after. No, you get more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you still work as a therapist today, because yeah. I yeah. know you gave me your website uh, with psychologytoday.com. Can people reach out to you if they uh, find that this show really resonates and, hey, I'd like to talk to this guy? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if they go to that website, it will redirect them to either call me or to email me. Mm-hmm. I would I would ask them to choose the email option if they if it if it's regarding uh, anything linking to mediumship or, or spiritualism. Otherwise, that particular uh, listing is for people who would like to uh, uh, come see me uh, in a, as a psychotherapist, as a, like Brian Weiss works as a psychiatrist, Brian Weiss being the author of Many Lives, Many mm-hmm. Masters, and it's a whole different subject. Um, but it's, he's someone who has a dual role of dealing with spirituality and also uh, psychotherapy. Um, but I welcome people to get in touch with me, absolutely. Mm, uh, great. I'm just so glad you uh, send me a Facebook friendship. It's great. You know, oh, I know. Go. And know. then all of a sudden, I'm doing a podcast with yeah, you. Yeah, we make things happen. And just for our listener right now, um, I'm not too sure how you're listening to this because we are on so many different platforms this show. But if you can find your way to we don't die radio.com and you click on this episode with George Delzell, uh, there's a link to, to view it on YouTube. And on YouTube, you can, I can put in the descriptions. I can put live links. So with this episode, and you may be listening on YouTube right now, just click below and the link to that, um, psychologytoday.com website, uh, for George is there with his contact information. And then also is you, however you buy books, uh, his book is called Messages 
Evidence for Life After Death. And there's also a link on that YouTube page as well in the description for, for George. Uh, George, time's going by really quick. Any uh, final thoughts or things you want to say or things we missed that, oh my gosh, let's say it now. I have, I have one last thing mm-hmm. because it could be a part two podcast if we got into it. Okay. And, and, and uh, I don't want to, I've been, I've been chatty enough as it is. I didn't think I would, would, would I, I kind of, you know, took, took notes before we uh, uh, talking, wrote down talking points mm-hmm. before we, we, we got on. But I think that in this world, this work has the potential if, as it proceeds and evolves, of preserving mankind and preventing us from continuing to destroy or adversely affect the earth, the biosphere, all those issues, climate change, um, natural resources, our natural parks, all of, all of these areas where overpopulation, uh, limited resources, sustainability. Uh, I see it as being uh, the, your work, our work, the work, as being uh, the work of, of spirit, of choosing uh, healthy, creative, uh, making those choices, uh, as moving in a direction to help improve the planet itself and, and our relationship to it. Yes. That's my kind of closure on this. That's where it leads. It's not fun and games. It's not parlor tricks. It's not the Fox sisters clicking their, that links to the beginning of spiritualism, clicking their toes uh, uh, in the in seance rooms, which is kind of how spiritualism started out. Yes. With, uh, with fakery. Uh, this is about saving the planet. That's my final thought. Yeah, it's true. And it and it starts, you know, we've all heard it before within each one of us and we're each on this journey. You know, don't feel you have to push it on other people. People will find it when they're ready. We can certainly throw out a little bait, you know. Have you heard it's, of it's, it's, we don't it, die? It, yeah. It's 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 it should it should bring people together through the laws of attraction. Yeah. Rather than self-promotion. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I feel, I mean, I'm loving it. I can't even tell you how free I feel to have found so many like-minded people and friends that I get to share this with. So I love our, you, our Facebook uh, listeners there um, that are part of the group, We Don't Die listeners. Thank you. And everybody else who's listening, thank you as well. And feel free to join our group on Facebook if you like or not. Uh, feel free to come visit me in September if you'd like or not afterlifestudies.org I'll be at that Voices of the Past in November come to that change your life guaranteed Uh, voicesofthepast.co.uk just I really want to thank you George really for being my new friend for putting it all out there for keeping this alive for sharing Michael with us and your journey it's really been a fantastic conversation and for me as well. And I'm extremely grateful. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you again. And and to hope maybe hopefully maybe seeing you in uh, UK in the fall. Yeah, that'd be I'd, great. I'd be delighted. I yeah. would love. I would love that. Yeah, there's always a way to make it happen. We put the intention out there. Yeah, every anything and everything is possible. And if I can be helpful in any other way, please let me know. I will. I know how to find you. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> the magic of Facebook once again. <laughs> you, can tell, you can tell where I hang out when I'm not working. Um, anyways, and for our listener, I really want to thank you, first of all, for being on this journey. It takes a lot to start looking within, start looking at your own life, your own fears, your own loss. Uh, but I can tell you, uh, that for myself and many people, it's such loss that has given us life and has given us this journey and has given us some great friendships. And so you're on this journey and, you know, George is your friend. I'm your friend. Um, we're partners in this and it, it, it is a worth, uh, 
say that again, a life worth living. So I want to thank you for your hour of your life that you gave us here today. Um, so in closing, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. I'm Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe uh, that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. And just think, you know, you wouldn't want to go to Disney World and sit in the parking lot, would you? No, life is worth living and exploring and have friends along the way playing with you. So I want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.